Welcome to Should I Get Bangs. I'm your host, Julia Rossi. And today on the show, he's just such a delightful energy of a human. Uh, he was one of the stars of Guy Code. I believe that's how I met him. Uh, he's got wonderful podcasts, High and Mighty, and then another podcast called Action Boys. Please welcome to the show. John Gabris. Yes, I forgot. You you told me about that beforehand, and I, t- I still totally forgot. You know, everyone, oh, you are, everyone pauses and forgets what to do. And I, I started doing this just because I felt like saying the person's name. I don't know. Intros are weird. No, it's safe, though, because just in case you're unsure about the person's pronunciation, you can let oh, them, yeah. you can let them say it out loud. You're like, great. Like, sometimes you just have a friend whose last name you've never said out loud or first name you've never said out loud. And so when you're yeah. like all of a sudden on the spot, it's like, oh, why don't you tell me how you say it? Like, it works I mean, for me. That would be weird to have a friend whose first name you never said out loud. Well, it I guess it depends on, like, for me, not a lot of people know my first name's John since everybody's always called me Gabrus my whole... I guess now with, like, social media, we're all, like... Oh, uh, yeah. We're all our handles. But, like, my friend Mono, who's been on my podcast a bunch, I always panic because I'm like, how do you say his last name? Like, because right, you never have to say mono oh which mono are you referring to you know what i mean yeah you know what's funny is sometimes that shows when a comedian uh is gonna bring me up and they don't really they don't know me i usually think they're gonna ask me how to pronounce my first name because it's julia with a g but they're like how do you pronounce your last name is it rotsi and they really (laughs) i think they really want the opportunity to pizza hand it and and the truth is i think it probably was rotsi at some point but but we just got lazy and then we're like razzy yeah (laughs) and and I don't really care if people say Razzi or Razzi. Like, that doesn't bother me. It's just so funny that, that, but then a lot of people will butcher my first name, which is Julia with a G. Right. I feel like if I, I would be like, how do you pronounce your last name? And then hope you would say, it's Julia Razzi. Like, so I, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yes, that is. It's not Giawiliala. You know, like you try to make it super. Like, I understand the uh, uh, Italian culture. Allow me to say her name. And yeah, then, exactly. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like what did you say, dude? <laughs> yeah, when so, like when someone orders fajitas at a Mexican restaurant, they're like, oh, oh, yeah. blah, 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 like that. Like, uh, my mom said "gracias" to an Italian-speaking waiter at a <laughs> at a uh, Italian restaurant in Brooklyn. She was like, "Gracias," when the guy and I was like, "Mom." She goes, and then her she was so embarrassed. She was like, "And my mom's Italian, Joanne Valentino." And then her uh, her response her response was. He probably speaks Spanish too. <laughs> and I was like, okay. That at that point just say thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's cute. Does your does your are you from New York? Yeah, I'm from uh Long Island originally. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your family's still there. Yeah. Uh my mom and brothers all still live right there and within like a couple of miles of each other. Yeah, and uh, you li- so you live in Los Angeles now. Do you miss living on the East Coast? I th- thought I might, but I I at first I did. I'm fully adapted to living out here. Like I, this is so much more my speed. Uh, and I didn't, I, I'm like just learning that now as I'm, I'm about to be 40, uh, in the new year. 
and I'm just feeling like, oh no, this is like where I'm supposed to be somewhere yeah. around here due to like, I'm now like in my older quote unquote older age, uh, my development, I'm now like really becoming sort of outdoorsy and sort of, uh, um, I mean, we have something in common, uh, uh, we're big stoners and like that, that part of my personality combined with the personality of like California and, yeah. and nature and stuff has really gelled though. I will say I was home in New York last month with my wife, seeing a bunch of friends and family. And then we went into New York city and smoked a blunt, like on the docks in red hook, like looking at the statue of Liberty and we're like, man, I mean, I went, this was legal and cool. Like this rules. I want to do this. Yeah. So New York has still, always a special place in my heart, but I'm, I'm here forever. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I just lit earlier this morning before I was recording with you, I want to do some writing. There's a certain kind of weed I have. There's two that really work for me when writing, like they help me focus and like, it took me a while to find them, like a lot of trial and error, but now I know like which one I can use you know, for I'm waiting out. for you to tell me some specific brands as a specific leg- brand. Well, but what my point was is that I laid in my hammock because my daughter just started daycare last week and I don't work on Fridays. And so I laid in my hammock and smoked a joint. It was just 15 minutes, but I was like, yeah, like I really had that moment of like, my life's not so bad. You yeah. know, like <laughs> that was how I started my day. Um, the two brands that I have found that work for me is um, Lowell's hybrid do you know Mm -hmm. the brand lowell's Mm -hmm. they have a hybrid i'll text you the specific type after but that one is like really nice and mellow and kind of helps me concentrate and then uh seth rogan's houseplant weed the uh pancake ice yeah yes uh that one sometimes i can write if i don't smoke too much on it but if i end up going overboard by accident I at least can write an outline or notes. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> can at least go for a walk and talk to text. <laughs> brilliant ideas on my phone and then later try to make sense of them. <laughs> That's a smart move. I like <laughs> that. See, this is why we have a lot in common is like my notes app is like, what, what is this cousin fucker question? Mark? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you're like just saying shit. <laughs> and, and my accent is barely understood by Siri to begin with. So I'm just like yeah. finding out the most random <laughs> shit. Well, I feel like this is a good, you know, segue ish into what you were sort of telling me what your, yours is more of a breakthrough, which I love. Um, in regards to like work and productivity and all that stuff. Um, so we can just like kind of get right into, it. I mean, I, I, you know, I've known you for a little bit now. Uh, I mostly from a, you know, as we, many of us do from social media, I feel like you're always, if you're not shirtless on the beach posing sexy, uh, <laughs> you are doing usually podcasts, right? Yep. And I'm mostly work- podcasting and mostly taking off my shirt in as many recreational situations as possible. Not and a big, very, co- not a big happy. clothing fan. I'm very happy. Yeah. Uh, and I've like, uh, I've always been rather happy. Uh, but in the last, you know, somehow you can't stay happy for 20 years if you're trying to do entertainment. Uh, so like you have to, at some point be absolutely miserable and regret and like, uh, filling yourself with like, why did I do this? Uh, but 
in the recent times and and partially because of the pandemic, partially through therapy, partially through some success and partially through my wife, I've like sort of come around to like, like I was living, I guess a few things came in at once. It's like in the last couple of years, my wife and I were like, wait, do we really want to have a child? Like we did all the IVF stuff and all the, you know, stuff that comes along with that and uh, ups and downs of all that. And we were like dealing with that for a couple of years while she was like working her ass off full time, stressful, like trying to save to buy a house so we could eventually have a family. And then like, as the world started to like, before even the pandemic settled in, but like, as we started living in this world more and more, we were like, do we really want to have kids? Like, that's not like a hundred percent. And then like, it was just the, we never thought about another option. And then I'm realizing that like has been something that like has been in my that has been my undoing a little bit is I never thought about another option for buy buy a house, have a kid, get a TV job, uh, at, write on a show, act on a show. Like all these things were just like what I believe success were and arguably because my peers were doing that and it did look mm-hmm. cool. But I started to like the more I thought about it, the more I realized I was like, well, is that what I really want? in life like what like i said to my wife after as we were discussing the idea of not having kids i was like i gotta say like every time i picture our future it's never like a family oriented future and maybe that's because we got to be 37 or 38 at the time without kids but like i always pick our picture our future and it was like vacations or like living in amsterdam for a month in our 50s or whatever and i was like oh and and then it was like uh also being friends with uh people in los angeles the younger generations and like uh even people my age and older like gay men and people who are like oh yeah no kids i I do not want kids and i know i'm talking to a new mother here saying all this no i mean (laughs) i i i know you know i'm supposedly not supposed to you know, now that I'm a mom, I'm supposed to just be like, well, this is horrible. End of podcast. Greatest thing I've ever done with my life. Um, but I feel very comfortable and I hope I do so in a, in a, in a compassionate way talking about, I am listening to what you're saying about living in Amsterdam. And I'm like, oh, that sounds great. And I told myself that if I, cause I actually, okay. I relate to you in that I sort of also had the same kind of set up like, oh, well, you know, you, you own a house, you have kids, like you get the job, like that is the definition of success. Um, and then I think for me, because I had like, I, I got divorced, I had some like detours on my path, I had sort of become very open to that not being success anymore. And I actually realized in my 30s, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't think I want kids. Like, I really was like very comfortable in that fact that I I didn't think I wanted them. And then I met my husband and I was like, ooh, but I kind of want his kids. Right. And and he he wasn't pressuring at all, but he very much was certain he wanted kids, but not to the point where he wasn't going to be with me if I didn't want. Like you know what I mean? Right, like right. He was open. We we're both very like whatever happens, and I don't know what happened, but it was it was right when I turned forty, 
which is a very strange year as a woman to decide you want a kid. Oh, yeah. You know, only imagine because at 37, we were told constantly how uh, unusual of an age that was. Yeah. Oh, literally all doctors can do is talk about the fact that you have a a pussy full of spider webs. They're just like. The the unfortunate term is geriatric pregnancy. If well, you're no, like, it's actually it's advanced maternal age now. They changed it. Oh, good because what they were saying <laughs> was geriatric pregnancy, and I was like, that sounds <laughs> insane when you're thirty seven yeah. years old. Yeah, yeah, your uterus, you have uh, a cryptic uterus. No, there's <laughs> so many terrible terms, but um, you know, and and it happened. We were, we were very much like I. So I, I didn't have to do IVF. I felt very fortunate. Um, you know, I know it can be really hard, but but I will say so it so it happened. And then we had her during the pandemic. <laughs> and so oddly, you know, some people are like, oh, that must have been so hard because you were isolated and you know, you're watching the world fall apart and it probably got you thinking. And I was like, well, it's actually the opposite, because we were in like a bubble. Like we a were in true like a bubble, like a, yeah. like a COVID bubble, a uh, news, but like a, we have to focus on baby bubble. Yes. I was yeah. so, you know, I was getting unemployment. So I was being like paid to be a parent kind of, you know, but I will say now that the world has, has opened up a bit that, oh, wait, but can I still go to Amsterdam thoughts are starting yeah. to creep in and it is a very strange thing. And I don't know if it's a very talked about thing, but to have like, I don't know if I want kids, but I have one. Yeah. <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. I don't know. It's interesting. So I, I, I relate. I think it's a really, uh, I don't know. I feel like if you have them or you don't have them, you're always going to feel a certain way. Right. You know I, what I, I mean? I do believe it's a case by case. And I don't believe either answer is the uh, either way is the right way for everyone's individual choice. But I just, I I guess like I'm part of the old school enough that I didn't realize that was an option, but part of the new school enough to adopt like, Oh, okay. Like, cause it's blowing my mom's mind, my mom and my aunt, like, like they cannot process the fact that we don't want like, but you guys would be such good parents. It's like, ah, we're oh, gonna be yeah. such good uh, husbands and wives too. Like we don't need to fucking. And it's just been a real, and th- th- that's just one small facet of like all the shit that I've gone through in the last couple of years. Like my wife uh, was laid off in the pandemic and like launched her own business, which was it ended up being all positives. Uh, she's selling leggings. No, yeah, no, she's uh, <laughs> she just had a Netflix documentary <laughs> produced about her. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. She's got to buy <laughs> leggings from uh, no. Uh, She's making flowers now. She's doing uh, like cool. uh, uh, couture boutique, uh, bouquets for people. She likes to call them pieces. But that her revolution in there and me realizing like the big thing that happened for me in the in the pandemic was I reevaluated what I considered success. Now, this mm. is so corny, but I I've really learned that what I did was lower my own bar. I was so good at giving other people the benefit of the doubt. Like, and I was so uh, good at glasses half full where I'm just like, Oh, don't yell at that person for cutting you off. They, who knows what they were going through, but I wasn't giving uh, myself the same like benefit of the doubt. I'd be like, you're actually not successful because you picked this arbitrary metric that you haven't achieved yet. And it's like, 
a therapy friends saying things like, well, don't you make a living talking on a microphone to your friends? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, what, like, what else do you want? Like how much more money or more? And I was like, oh my, yeah, this affords me the ability to kind of do what I want. I can't like purchase a home or go on multiple vacations a year, but it's enough that I can be happy. And if I realize if I, I prioritize free time, like that's, what's most important to me is not, not money. And I only want money to buy more free time. I realize. So if Mm -hmm, I just, mm -hmm. if I just put free time as my priority of like, not working is my priority, whatever that might mean. Laziness, beach, whatever. Uh, hence the uptick in beach photos. Um, <laughs> well, because now I got to get free bathing suits because your boy's not uh, hustling to make money anymore. It's like <laughs> leaving that hustle culture behind for myself has been so free. Like I still work hard and st- stuff will still. And it always. And here's the thing. It always has come my way a little bit. And I just was still relentlessly like pushing myself, thinking I needed to get to a certain level of something or something or other. Well, I love that you brought up the word lazy because it was a word that I actively tried to remove from my vocabulary and talking about myself in the last few years, in addition to the word, sorry. (laughs) That's a good one. But like lazy, I... So I grew up in the kind of environment and I, and I don't blame my dad for being this way, but you know, like my dad was like, came to this country, an immigrant with nothing. And then he worked self-made and all this stuff. So he, and he is, he's going to be 80 next year. He's still, he retired from his job. He used to be an electrician at the subway, but he still does electrical work freelance. And then he also owns a ton of properties and refuses to get a property manager. Like he wants to do it all himself. Um, and so he really, and, and I, I don't want to say this isn't true for him, but being busy to him working that job brings him joy. When he's tried to pull back, he gets depressed. I'm not going to get into, well, maybe you should see a therapist, you know, like, that's whatever that he's a workaholic. Yeah. <laughs> and so he really, I remember as a kid, like, you know, be like a Saturday and I would like, you know, sleep till nine and I'd wake up and like watch saved by the bell or whatever. And he was like, what are you being lazy for? You know? And like, he, he probably didn't realize how much that language is going to affect me. You know, yeah. he's fucking born in the forties. <laughs> you know, like he had to like ride a donkey when he was a kid or whatever on his farm. But like, I, I still hear that equation of relaxing equates to laziness yeah. and it's really fucked me up over the years because even when I'm quote unquote relaxing and I'm really learning this like now with a child, cause I have to manage my time better. Like relaxing can't be me on the couch watching a movie and being on my phone on the target app, buying supplies for the house. That's not relaxing. Do you know what I mean? It can't be like, well, I'm going to bring my laptop on vacation and work on this script after we go to the open bar. You know what I mean? Like it's, and there's nothing wrong with doing that sometimes, but the, the crossover of it. Well, um, because of what we do, and I'm assuming yes. other people are in the same boat, it's like there is no arguable like real time off where it's yes. like you're going to get an email, you're going to get asked to do a show. You're like, well, I, it wouldn't be that hard for me to podcast while I'm visiting my family. It wouldn't be that hard for me to yeah. self-tape while I do blank or whatever. Like, 
uh, oh, I should really just get this submission in, even though I told myself I'm taking this week. Like, there's always something you could do that'll yep. just like. But I, I, I'm I'm with you. Similar, I think we're people around our age, probably uh, especially uh, where who are descendants of immigrants. Like, that's all like work. Get your kids to college, and that, and my dad was this very similar to your dad. He like had all these books on his uh, shelf that he's like, I will read those when I retire. He was a union electrician and grip for the Wait, t- union. My dad's a union electrician for that. But my dad was IATSE for like the news. So he's like a, new, oh. uh, a TV electrician in the electric. My dad's IBEW, International yeah. Brotherhood of Electrical Workers 103. Yeah, you know, I'm um, from Long Island. You do not have to <laughs> tell me what IBEW stands for. 60% of my graduating class ha- wore IBEW hoodies, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, he his story is a little different than your dad's he died before he turned 60 and never got to do any of the shit that he was saving for retirement so what my dad did get to do was work like insane amounts of overtime from the age of like 24 to 58 and then pass away like and not and he got he got to live some life in there like you know but he was everything was work focused for him and then he, he passed away and he didn't retire from his job. My mom could not bring him to retire so that he she could get access to his pension because he thought he was going to survive and go back to work. That was like all that mattered to my dad was like, I got to get back to work. And we were yeah. like, Dad, you're whole, not going to live. Yeah, it's, it's their whole self-worth and their whole identity. And that's what I was doing, too. And it's easy to do in entertainment because you are your the face of your business, yeah. quote unquote. Like, it's not like you're like, shit, uh, no one's buying the house I built. It's like, shit, no one likes my face enough to help them yeah, no or whatever. Likes my face. Like, that's not what like that's not, <laughs> but your brain can go there easily. And then so you have like you de- you were like, I, you require validation via work. Cause that's like, yes. and then next thing you know, you're like, so not only am I ready to die for my job, but I also need it to emotionally feel fulfilled. And, and so once I like started like replacing that, I'm like, well, what would actually make, and like, if I get to go to the beach once a week and like, mm-hmm. I don't like have to go into, you know, I don't go into insane credit card debt uh, again, you know, then then my life is cruising. Like then I think that's yeah. like whatever else is going on around that. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't like, I, I don't have any big goal. I don't have any big goals that are like, we that are out of my reach anymore. You know what I mean? Well, Where I'm like relying on a, a group of circumstances to go my way. I'm like, my yeah. big goal is to eventually sell this, to sell this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, what if you don't? And it's like, well, then my life, could still be good and it's like well then remove that from which is it's good to have i think ambition uh is a good thing to have but i think i was setting my goals so high that when i wasn't achieving them i was so down on myself and then you talk to someone who's like new in the industry and they're going like whoa i would love to have uh, you know 200 ads on my podcast and you're like oh yeah it's really not a lot like my friends are on tv shows and that's hard for me and it's like oh it's never all ending. just a slide it's all never ending your most famous oh, friend yeah. is like fuck will you know like i can't believe this guy got this thing that i did you know it, like it goes as high as high up as you go people are still like upset with the situation well, and I also feel as though, and not to make it sound so simple, but there is so much truth to 
if you don't clutch something, you know what I mean? Like it's like in relationships, right? Like if you want to be in a relationship so bad to the point that you're like choking the life of a, out of a potential partner, it's not going to work. I mean, I feel like every cool job or opportunity I've gotten truly came when I was in a good place with myself and my self-worth was coming from within. And then magically I got the call. Like I've told many stories in this podcast, like that's how I got Conan. That's how I got this job I have right now. That's how I, like every single time there was something like, oh, I wanted it so bad. And when I didn't get it, I was like, you fucking stupid, lazy piece of shit. But then when I like forgot about the thing, when I wasn't like checking, refreshing my email for the email, uh, uh, an opportunity that I hadn't even conjured up would present itself. I mean, that's honestly how I feel like my baby came about because I... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with wanting one really badly, but I think I went through the different phases of thinking I really wanted one to not really wanting one to getting to this plate where I, I was like, well, if it happens, cool. And like all of a sudden right. I was like, whoops, <laughs> like, I don't know. There was sort of, it's. Well, it's wow. almost like if you're waiting for it, like to use a dumb baseball analogy, I don't know anything about sports. Uh, if like you're waiting for the perfect pitch, do yeah, like, maybe you don't know what pitch you could actually hit. Like if you're yeah. like, no, I'm more of like an outside slider guy. That's how I'll hit a home run. And the pitcher is delivering you stuff that you could absolutely crush. And you don't know. Cause you're waiting for this one specific, you're waiting for yeah. this one specific email to come back that, or whatever, whatever the uh, analogy is. And then you're just like blown away by like the stuff you miss because you're like, this is the obvious, like I was always like, Oh, podcasting is like what I do like that's like doing improv where it's like that's what i do until i make it in hollywood or yeah. whatever and then it's like well if i'm making a living and also i've been trying to go to hollywood for 17 years and it's like happening in fits and starts it's like well what if this was my career for the re as is now what if this was the rest of my career until i could retire at 50 something not 60 something and i was yeah. like this would be pretty solid and i'm like well, fuck, then what's wrong? Then it's like now, like you're saying, I'm just going to I kick I'm going to kick back and coast through life and just hope stuff keeps happening for me. But that's my that's where I'm that's my breakthrough. And I, I in there somewhere is probably a breakdown uh, in the middle of the pandemic. But the breakthrough for me has been <laughs> the big breakthrough has been like, well, what do you value in life? Like not to quote Conan the Barbarian, but like what is good in life? You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm not like booking commercial auditions is what makes me happy. It's like, yeah. no. <laughs> it's like money makes you happy. Well, why does money make you happy? Cause you get to do stuff. So what if you got to do stuff that didn't cost as much money and cho got to do more stuff? Cause you weren't working as much. It was like, Oh, then that would rule. And it's like, well, there you go. Go do stuff. Go check boxes. Go do events. Like, that's exactly where my brain has been. For, and I'm, and maybe even if I'm being 100% honest with myself, doing a podcast like this, or I've brought this up on uh, other interviews, it's like maybe part of that is me convincing myself that I'm like, this, yeah. is, this is the move. This is waiting for, for Julia to be like, yeah, actually, Gabriel, that's pretty solid. I'm like, well, oh, oh, yes. Okay. Like, it still needs external validation. Validation, of course. But of course yeah. you need validation because you don't have a boss. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like in, in a lot of other 
situations, you know, and, and I'm, I'm sure this still happens even in a office situation, but like, you know, if you're working for a company, you can measure your success or if you're being productive by your boss, giving you a raise, coming to talk to you about your productivity. Like, like there's like a a ladder that you go up for usually, you know, in a lot of situations, but when you are, you know, a freelancer, an artist. Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of people now, it's so different than our parents' generation. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm a, you know, like my sister's a therapist, but then she does like extra work on the side because it's fun. And it's like, you know, and, and so there's a lot of like people who are, you know, they're a teacher, but they also, I don't know, make macrame and so there's a lot of people that they're kind of doing whatever and when you start to do stuff where you don't have a boss and you're your own boss like what if you're a really lenient boss what if you know like you're a real chill boss and like that's cool you know but but it is scary and also you know I I love talking about this stuff because I've I just was thinking about this yesterday of like it's such a mindfuck because we live in a world that at the same, in the same breath says like, work hard, like you can have it all, be ambitious, like girl boss, like all this fucking bullshit. And then at the same time is like, practice self-care, take care of yourself, take a moment to breathe. It's like, okay, what? Like zoom, zoom out on the two, the dichotomy of what you're talking about here of like the work hard and then also make sure you take care of yourself. And the root evil in both is capitalism. It's work as yeah. hard as you possibly can to make money for these six corporate, like talking entertainment. So like these six corporations at the top, yes, you'll make some good money along the way for yourself, but really the content and everything is all for the Lords up there. But also make sure you take care of yourself and purchase dinners and bath bombs and go to and yeah. uh, use the calm app and headspace and uh, oh. acupuncture and massage and therapy. And that's all stuff that we do that are is good for you. But if you're working solely to pay for the self-care solely yeah. to, uh, to protect you from your job because your job is destroying you like that's that's like a little bit more hyperbolic than my situation. Cause like lower stakes of just what I do, but that's like where my brain was getting at where I was like, I'm busting my ass as hard as I can to try to just spend the money on the things that are keeping me happy because I only have X amount of, well, it's like, we got to go on an insane vacation because this is the two weeks out of the year where I don't have yeah. to stress about work. And it's like, let's spend money. It's like, I worked my ass off this month. We have to go out to this diesel dinner to feel good to like, and all that. And then you're like, just taking, giving your blood and guts to corporations. They give you some money and then you're giving that money to other corporations. Yeah. Like, and you, and like, I'm not fully a socialist yet, but this whole situation has just got me like got my brain where I'm like, this is kind of like whack. Like I, I, my dad, I use my dad as an example because it's very uh, close to me, but I'm assuming a lot of people have shit like this where it's like, you know, Fox five as a corporation was cool about my dad, but it wasn't like. We understand like what it, it was just like, oh, he's dead. Thank you. We're thank you for working for us. We're sorry. You know what I mean? It's not like it's yeah. not like if I if I die, like podcast list podcast listeners are gonna be like, uh, oh man, we we oh like this big revolution. if you shit just uh, disappears and it's like at that point, what do you 
what are we doing? What are we doing? What are you while we're on this earth? What do we intend to do to get Manny Pe- like to bust our ass and get Manny Petties with the three free hours we have in the week? Or are we like turned inward looking at our friends and our family being like, hey, let's let's have another glass of wine or let's have yep. another long conversation about blank. There's just like this. Was- what? Sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, no. Go no. ahead. I was just gonna say like and like realizing these priorities is it's embarrassing to be like 39 and being like oh wait a minute why why don't i don't actually care about money as much as hanging with my friends and it's like okay well do that more you're the only one i'm like was the only one limiting me in all these dumb ideas of like no you shouldn't do scuba yet uh once you are done with your once you have your career in order then you could take scuba i was like holding off on all these events I wanted to do because my career wasn't where I wanted it to be. And no one else was telling me that. But it's not embarrassing to figure that in 39, like what a gift to figure out at 39 and not 99, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know what the work-life balance answer is. I just know. So this week for the first time, I think in my life, well, no, there's been two times I've turned down a self tape. And for anyone listening who doesn't know what a self-tape is, it's uh, bullshit. Uh, Back in the day, uh, if you were a performer, you would go into a casting office and you would audition and they would give you notes and they would work the camera and they would be the reader and they would do all of it. You just had to show up and perform. But now- And and that still sucked. And And now- Since the pandemic, and they say it's for COVID reasons, but it's really because it's easier. Now, in addition to learning lines and acting, you have to know how to work a camera. You have to have a ring light. You have to find a reader. What if you have no friends? Uh, What if if you and your partner, and this, I'm not speaking from super specific uh, experience, but what if you and your partner have been fighting all afternoon because you've been living in the same small apartment for a year, and now she has to read some dumb indie movie with you, and you're both absolutely (laughs) furious with each other. That's just a random hypothetical, not at all an extreme experience of mine. Or you can invest, you know, a hundred dollars and pay an acting coach so they can film you on a professional camera so it can look really good um so anyways that is what self oh it's only four it's only four six page scenes uh so you want me to shoot the third act of the sitcom that you're asking me to audition for oh and i have like two lines of the 11 in this scene so my wife off camera who's not an actor and who has no time for this bullshit has to read like 11 different characters. It's like a fucking, I'm like this, like I have to do so, so much stuff has changed because of COVID, which really just passes the, like I stayed at a hotel in, in Denver and they were like, I'm for a week for work. And I was like, Hey, it's disgusting up here. Can someone change my sheets or something? And they were like, sorry, due to COVID, we're unable to do that. And I'm like, but every room in the hotel is still rented. I'm still in a crowded elevator when I go to the lobby, mm. but you're not paying cleaning ladies. Like you're not playing a maintenance crew. Okay. What? And then like restaurants, like prices have all gone up and I don't think they're going to go back down. Like once they've re you know, recoup their losses. So it feels like all these things have changed where it's like, well, because of COVID, you have to do even more shit. Now you have to actually build the Disney ride before you wait in line on it. Yeah. What? 
It's like, yeah, it's COVID. I'm sorry. COVID says you have to help do the repairs on Magic Mountain. We can't have the the Imagineers in there. You know, it just feels like such a passing of the buck. It's in, well, so this, so the two times I've said no to self-tapes, one was I was giving birth and I, uh, Oh, sorry, uh, girl boss, but work is work. You best be reading while dilated, baby. I was so (laughs) delirious because I got induced and I was on fentanyl and an epidural and I get an email for VO and I say to my husband, I go, do you, I was, I was on so many drugs. I go, do you think it would be weird if I asked them to unhook me so I could go record this in the bathroom real quick? <laughs> and he was like, Julia, no. And I was like, but it pays $5,000, you know? <laughs> and then I group sent an email to all my agents saying, Hey, um, if there's any chance they can wait till Friday, I'm giving birth. And they all responded like, put away your phone yeah. are you crazy and it was crazy and that that was i was on drugs but this week for the first time in my life i you know i was whining that i wasn't getting enough on camera things and then this new agent came into the company he's been getting me a ton of auditions and um i haven't booked anything but uh getting me a ton of auditions and this week my husband was away for two days and so as alone with the child. And even though she's going to daycare, I have this other job that I'm like hosting this thing online. And so is in rehearsals all day. Anyways, a lot of excuses, but I was like, okay, I have to do the self tape. That means I have to find somebody to do it with me, but I have to do it when she's asleep because I can't do it during the day because I'm working, but then I have to make her day. And I was like, I started crying. I was like, but it's a, it's a bit part on a sitcom. But then like the description was like, I, well, I probably can't say, but it was like, not me. Do you know what I right. mean? It was yeah. like, it was, it, I would never pick me for this part. It was like an, for an older person, I think it was a stretch that got me in there. And I was like, Hey, like so timidly, like, so sorry, this is probably so unperfect. Like I was so like, Ugh. like if you could hear the tone of my email, it was like, ah, so sorry. like <laughs> I pitch, I'm sorry. And my agent was like, no worries, there will be others. And I was like, oh, no one thinks you're lazy for not having a fucking breakdown. And if they do, if I did this every time, I can understand. But like once in a while, if you say no to stuff, whether it's a show, whether it's getting together with a friend, whether it's it's so freeing, it's so anything, it's so freeing, it's so empowering. (laughs) You forget you're allowed to say no. You're allowed to say no. You've I've to, you've totally forget. Well, because narcissistic personality disorder coupled with anxiety makes you think that when you say no, that the agents all turn to each other and be like, "Gabrus doesn't want to do it again." That dumpy, lazy freak. It's yeah. like we're all, we're two minutes away from firing him. Like, well, no, let's not send him anything anymore because he's bullshit asshole. You know, like, and that's what your brain is doing. You're like, you know what? Never mind. You're like, I'm sorry, nephew, who I only see once or twice a year. <laughs> I have to go scream about. Buicks in the other room into a microphone. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, I don't have to, you don't have to live like this. Oh, yeah. And I'm it's sure, so real. It's so real. And I'm, and you know, I just hope anyone listening, because I, I know that I, at times, whenever I hear entertainment people, I feel like because I work in entertainment, I'm never allowed to complain because I should feel so grateful that like my job is so fun. And, but, 
with insert job here, like it's not just entertainment. It's like, you know, the boss who's like asking to give you like extra work on a Saturday or, you know, when, when people think that they can email you, like, I know that's a huge problem for some people past during the pandemic is that like their bosses felt like they were very available at any time. Because yeah, the work-life balance is like, ab- like, absolute because it's like, well, I know you're home. You've been home all day, and yeah. you're not, you're not <laughs> at a birthday party because the world is closed. So, can I call you at nine fifteen p.m. with, like, w- towards the tail end of my wife's like, ent- like, entertainment career? It was just like a lot. Her and her coworkers were like, "This is a lot." Like, what did she, what did she used to do? She worked in marketing for like a major streamer uh, and like it was just hardcore and it was like it did not slow down for for one split second for her upon moving upon the world stopping. You know what I mean? Like it just Mm -hmm. her her job only got harder because she didn't have meeting. She didn't have uh, an office or like a place like it only got. And it was just eventually like when she got laid off, it was like the most freeing moment ever. I'm like, well, if that's the way we feel. Like if we're rooting to get laid off, like that's a bad sign for a place. Like then, then we got, and then it's like, oh, I had to stay there though, because we were making money. It's like, well, what do we need money for? And that's that like golden handcuff shit that all these companies know. And don't even get me started on employment based health insurance where like, like I can't leave my, my wife's a diabetic. I can't leave. I can't afford uh, insulin. It's like, well, if I, make a certain amount in the union i can get us health insurance and luckily i did make a certain amount in that year and it's like i hope to make it again next year so that i can get health insurance and that's like such a and and employers know that and that's the fucking thing that busts my fucking hump i just thought of this i wonder if so like we have i have my husband's insurance that was partially why i mean we were gonna probably get married anyways but that was like the impetus to get married was I was in our kitchen crying because I had shitty insurance and he had just gotten writer's guild insurance, which is great. And so he was like, we should get married, you know? And it's like, again, we love each other. It's not like, uh, you know, he's trying to keep me in the country or whatever, why people get married, but still, (laughs) but I got to say, I just realized it's so fucked up because when you get bills, like, you know, you get the bill of what your care would have cost. You'll be like, Hey, remember when you came to the hospital for this? $20 million. But right. don't worry, your insurance paid it. So you're only paying a hundred bucks. And I almost feel like they send you that bill to remind you, like, don't you if you fucking stop working, this is what your future could be like. I don't need to know what I would have paid without insurance. I'm Those- paying insurance. Those bills remind me of, and if you have a working class parent, uh, everyone is aware of this situation where it's like, the pizza was fucking $40, Johnny, that you got to eat the fucking pizza. You know, like, yes. it's like, it's like, do you know how much money this vacation is costing us? Can you guys behave a little better, please? It's like, do you know how much a ticket to Disney is? Stop fucking around, you two. And it's like your whole life you've been told, like, this costs a lot of money or like, you have no idea you're you wanting to join the lacrosse team, how much it costs. It's like that shit is just a way to let you know of like, you better be thankful that you have this. Yep. And it's like that just feels the same fucking thing. But from uh, an insurance company, it's like, God, you're so fucking lucky you have yep. me because if yep. you didn't, you'd be fucking bent over by a medical loan. Right. Yeah. Like, and it's you're like, so like the amount of GoFundMe's that our peers and people in all industries, but I just know our peers have had to put up to 
to pay for basic medical care. And then this is something that always like crushes my heart is like, you know, I'll, I'll donate to someone's medical GoFundMe and, you know, like on the side, like, you know, the last 10 donors pop up or whatever. And it's always like open mic comics that I know have no money, like giving $5 and $10. And so it's this like, I always have this beautiful moment where like I get teary eyed where I'm like, it's so wonderful that like people really come together. And then I'm like, wait, this is fucked up. Like this yes. is so fucked up. And like the, I remember, you know, the thing you were saying about not wasting the money. I remember so specifically, uh, I think it must've been nine or 10 years ago. I was in New York. I bought a slice of pizza with a comedian, Jonathan O'Donnell. I don't know if you remember him, Yeah. but I, I got a slice of pizza at this place and I took a bite and it was bad. And I remember like he's talking and I wasn't listening in my head. I was like, I want to throw it away, but I just paid $4 for it but it's really bad. And like, I'd already walked away from the pizzeria. So I couldn't be like, excuse me, you know, like, and I threw it away. And I remember feeling this, like, (gasps) I'm going to get in trouble. Like there's people who are starving, like you jerk. And then this like freedom of it's just like it, I know $4 might mean a lot to someone. I don't want to sound privileged or, or clueless, but like, is the $4 worth me getting sick? And in being upset, it's like, but that should be the case for a lot of things. Like if you are, I understand that there are situations where like you're in dire straits. And I, again, I don't want to act flippant about that. But if you're in a situation where you can say no to something, because it's going to make you feel bad or really stressed, like, I don't know, just experiment with saying no to something. You'd be surprised. Like you're like, going back to the anxiety and narcissism, you're always like, everyone's going to be upset. You'd be surprised how little other people are thinking <laughs> about anything, but that like, as you know, as an, everyone is just thinking about themselves constantly. So every yeah. time you're like, I hope they're not mad at me. The person you're imagining in their head is just going like, uh, I hope I'm not mad at me to, you know, like they don't give a yeah. fuck about I, I, the, 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 the default is no one actually does give a shit about you, which sounds upsetting, but also can be freeing in a way. Every too. time you and I had to reschedule this podcast, if it was me that had to reschedule, I would for a moment be like, I hope he's not mad. And I'm like, why would he be mad that I am rescheduling my podcast? Do you know what I right. mean? Like, yeah, like I have like when you cancel something and it's like for someone else is like doing you a not doing you a favor. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like if my friend's supposed to drop something off and I'm like, actually, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be home. I'll just get it from you later. As if they're going to be like, well, fuck you. I really wanted to drive from the Valley to East Hollywood. Yes, you yes, know? yes. Yeah. No only cares. if there was like one hour's notice and you're like, oh, I would have blown off this afternoon rather than wait. But if it's enough, if it's a normal amount of notice, there's no guilt. And I am trying my hardest in those situations because I'm constantly rescheduling with people because that's like our lives. Uh, but I'm always just like, it's like, I just wait, like no problems, no questions asked. Don't worry about it. Tell me what the new times yeah. are, what times work for you. I don't give a fuck. And I want everyone to not give a fuck. Like, let's just yeah. spread, let's spread that uh, gospel out there. As long as you're not screwing someone over, you know, and I think we all know what that means, you know, yeah. then you're fine. I feel like you and I should just start a podcast where for 10 minutes we just scream. No, just say no. <laughs> just learn to say no. We say, and, and it, 
we say yes to drugs and no to everything else. That's yeah. what art. <laughs> Fuck you, dare. Do you remember a particular, you know, you'd said earlier, um, you know, after many years of like kind of, you know, being beholden to certain things being, you know, success for you or other people saying yes to you for you to feel like, do you remember a particular incident where you got a no or you got rejected or, or something you thought was going to happen didn't happen. And you just felt fucking like a piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, for a while I let that stuff really affect me because I really let myself, I always make the, I, the joke I always make is I bought the boat and I named the boat after whatever the role is like, Oh fuck. I it, mentally already bought the man versus food boat. Oh, mentally I already <laughs> bought the, how I met your father boat. You know what I mean? Like the, when you get close, like, and that's just like letting your brain. And then I would be so like let down by like, fuck, none of that is going to happen. All the stuff that I was like hypothesis. So then I stopped imagining that and started always just undercutting myself be like, well, there's no fucking way this happens. Okay. No fucking uh. way. And then you're like, you don't get it. And you go see, but then when you do get it, you don't feel like, so then I flip my brain all the way around again to I play along like I in my head. It's like if I'm going to get a no in three months, let's live for these three months of the promise of a potential. Yes. Now, I'm not yeah. buying the boat anymore, but I am going, hey, it could still happen, even though we are the industry has taught us and personal experiences taught you it's like a 90% no rate, which is fine, which is like, you only need 10% of yeses to like really make it, but it is brutal after a while. And you know, there's frequent no's, but now I don't spend the three months waiting up, coming up with like how it's not going to work. I now just yeah. go like, well, let's see. And it's just like, that's been a freeing thing for me as well. Yeah. It's like you would have been great on man versus food. Oh, I know, but it makes me mad. But it feels like a weird bullet dodge because homie had like uh, major stomach issues and had to have like re like stomach surgery and stuff. And then you're like, oh. and then like things have happened in my past where I'm like, I can't. Oh man, it's a bummer. I I don't do this. This I want to do blank. And like a friend will be like, what you want to be like the seventh lead on the good place like for a couple of years, and you think that would make you finally like happy in this career i'd be like oh it'd be lovely it'd be fun to work on a sitcom it'd be fun to work with those people it'd be great to make that money it'll be a springboard but not like that would be the thing that makes me i don't have like if someone's like you can do anything you want like for the rest of your life career-wise i don't know what that is so objectively i can't be like unhappy with where i'm at <laughs> like like it's hard lo logically for me to be like like so I complain about getting stuff that I'm not even trying for, or w I, I complain about not getting stuff that I didn't even try for, or wouldn't even want to get. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, it's just oh, so and so's on SNL. Oh Christ! It's like, well, Gabriel, you don't do characters. You don't want to move to New York. You're not good at memorizing <laughs> lines. It's like, oh yeah, then why am I upset? Like, why the fuck do I care? Well, because it's how we're trained in this life to like be competitive with people and, and to put this weird pressure on ourselves. And I think, I mean, what I love of what you're saying, and I don't think enough people say this is it's okay. Like, I, I don't want to say you're not ambitious, but like to not be laser focused, ambitious on a certain goal, gets such a bad rap. But like, I don't know, like when I see, I have some, I have goals, but when I see certain people who 
I feel like would cut a bitch to reach their goals and are just like ruthless and shameless. I have at times gotten really hard on myself because I'd be like, what's wrong with you, Julia? Oh, wait, do you not have confidence? Why aren't you like them? Why aren't you like cutthroat? And it's like, I think there's just different people. Like we're like some people, sometimes it ebbs and flows. Some people are super focused their whole life. Some people like, you know, it, it, we all make this world really great. And it's like, I don't know. I think people like that spark my envy a little bit where I'm like, I'm envious that they have a goal that's singular enough to like throw all their stuff by. And I'm, I'm envious of that. But I, in that same breath, I'm able to hold the, I'm able to also hold the thought that like, that's not for me. Like putting all my eggs in one basket or, to be honest, trying really hard at one thing is not for me. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> I don't want to. And I, knowing that, knowing that that would just put me in an unhappy place is just been so it's been, I keep saying freeing as if my wife was, my life was so complex and, and, and weighty before this, but like I, but it can be your brain, yeah. your thoughts can be really weighty and complex. I mean, your thoughts can drive you mad, you know, like I wouldn't discount that. And I, I personally hearing you talk, and I hope this is validating is I think you sound extremely successful because you've figured out that your goal is joy. Like, yes. isn't that the fucking goal? Isn't that supposed to be the goal is like being joyful, spreading joy, encouraging joy. Like what else could you want? That's Julia. That's exactly where my brain is like, what, what else It all it, it all gets back to like, well, what do you, what do you want? I want this job. Why? For money. What do you want money for? Spent vacation. Wh- where? With who? Why? And like, and you're just like, and you're like, as you just break it down, it's like, oh, I just want to be happy. I want to maximize my happiness for this short period of time that we're on this fucking earth. And then it's like, oh, well, you don't necessarily need to be a superstore, the, a regular on the superstore or like a touring comedian who's doing seven nights in at the chuckle fuck or whatever. You're like, oh, I can be happy without that. Then yeah. let's do it. Just the other day, I, I, and I'll DM this to you too. Uh, it sounds so creepy, but uh, yeah. I found this. Someone shared this woman's uh, Instagram story. She's like an influencer for the real real or whatever, but she's also a nurse. And in the body of the... I wish I could say her name, but I, I wish I could remember it off the top of my head so I could shout her out. But in the caption, she goes on to say how she's worked out her work schedule with her boss. And every step of the way, she's an, uh, a nurse at a hospital. Every step of the way, she's been asked to be like, well, would you want to be shift manager? It's a raise and it's a blah, blah, blah. And she says, no, They're like she she tested so well on her nursing test. They were like, you should go for your NPs, like nurse practitioner license and blah. And she said, no, I'm money is not what I'm looking for the maximum amount of days off that I can get. And I'm trying to work as little as possible, make enough money to stay alive. And, and she's like, and that's okay. And just hearing that she goes, and what do I want to do with my time off? I don't have to write a book. I don't have to raise a child. I can just look at the wall. I can just put weird outfits on my dog. If that's what makes me happy, that's what I want to do. And it was just like, for me, it, it worked wonders on me where I was like, yeah, you don't necessarily fuck being a showrunner, but working on a show sounds like a delight, you know, like the people who like lose sleep and are stressed and dealing with all it's like, wait a minute, we can choose not to go for that level of success. Yeah. Kind of I mean, just slide if around. If anyone here. wants to cast 
John and I on yeah. Superstore or the good like we're not gonna say no. No, uh, I, would, I would not, but I do not need it to uh be happy. It. But Absolutely. we'll gladly take the superstore yes, spin-off. Gladly about a Benson a Bensonhurst uh based store where you and I could be full blown yeah. uh, I ties. The price on the <laughs> Jesus Christ, Julia, <laughs> shut the fuck up. You know, we- I mean <laughs> I don't even think we have to self-tape. I feel like that was our audition. <laughs> Yeah, I screenshotted this. I'll send this along to UTA yeah, yeah. who just let me go. So they'll I'll be like, who is this? No. Wait, did they really just let you go? We had a conscious uncoupling. Okay. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Um, wait, something you said made me was it the nurse? Oh shoot. I lost it. But I I love this. I think, you know, I you know, I'll say this last thing and then, and then we can wrap it up. But I do think there's a certain level and I'm curious if you relate to this of almost feel like you're getting away with something or cheating if you do exactly what you just said. So it feels wrong because society tells us you have to just work as hard as you fucking can make as much money as you fucking can and take care of your family for as many generations as possible, which is also very positive and very good and very important, but not for me. I I've been, pretty content lately uh it started a few years ago and it's been growing uh and i really i got very depressed about feeling content because i worried that feeling content was not gonna make me do anything ever and my husband's really good at this like so uh right now my schedule with this this online thing that I got hired to do is Monday through Thursday. So Friday's my day off. And I'm like, great, that's going to be the day I work on the script. My husband's like, okay, well, why don't you see if you're in the mood to? And I'm like, but it doesn't, and I was like arguing with him. I'm like, but it doesn't matter if in the mood to, it has to get done. And he's like, but it's your day off. I'm like, yeah, but I also have the weekend. He's like, but it's your day. Like it's our day. My child isn't, it's my only day off alone for the full day. Right. Right. And so I tried it this morning. I was like, Go smoke that joint in the in the hammock. You got a podcast today. You got a haircut later. I have a massage tonight. Hell, in my house. Fucking yeah. Fucking splurging having a masseuse coming to my house. So much money, and I'm like, who cares? You know, like I just want to try it. <laughs> I just want to try it. I might regret it after. I'm gonna try it. And I and I smoked that joint, and I got to my computer, and I was like, do you, and I truly was in the mood to do an hour of writing. There's a tiny part of me. That wants to be like, but you didn't finish. You didn't, you're going to get a hair. And I'm like, I can afford to not finish it today. Do you know what I mean? Right. And, and instead of being guilty about that, like be fucking grateful. Be grateful that you got to work on it for an hour. It's like a way, like if you re if you rearrange, like I actually did an hour's worth of work on like a creative passion project for myself today. And if you look at that as an accomplishment, because it is like, that's good. Like if you did an hour, if you worked on a painting for an hour, you'd go like, well, I did some art today. Like, you know what I mean? So like give yourself that. And it's like, it's almost like feeling guilty about being successful because that is success to me. Success. I've said it. For years, when people were like, what do you want? I'm like, I want to be paid to be creative, but still have enough time to enjoy my life. And that is my life right now. Hell yeah. That's where I'm at right now, too. I love it. Let's do it. 
Wow, let's fucking do it, Rosie. I, I Roxy, Buonasera, Roxy. Um, I adore you. I'm so glad we got to do this. Uh, hey. If you're listening, it, whoever's listening, I'm gonna challenge you to say no to something this week. Say no to something, whether it's talking on the phone with that friend that's always complaining, whether it's you know saying no to that dumb bitch's birthday party that you didn't want to go to in the first place (laughs) a job that makes you feel like shit say no just say no and if you want to smoke a joint while you're saying no i'm not going to tell you to do drugs say yes do that say no to just about everything else uh i end every episode (laughs) asking my guest a very important question uh should i get bangs um i feel like uh if you're asking the answer is no. If you're if wow. you're reaching out to if you're reaching out to John Gabris to ask if you need bangs, then the answer is probably no. That Though was I, one of the best. I answers. will say with I will say I'm sure you can pull them off. But if you're on the fence and you need a, a yes from me to go for it, then that's a that's a hard no. Then I I'm uh. gonna help you say. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just let a <laughs> lot listeners at home know you're currently wearing a fat boy surf club hat. Yeah, uh, and I have bangs. Yeah. <laughs> and I have little bangs. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. This Bye. Is a pleasure. Bye, Julia. I feel like I couldn't have asked for a better guest or topic uh, as my final episode for now. Um, I have been, been listening to the podcast. You know that I've been going back and forth about whether I should put this on hold uh, or end it. Um, and so I have decided to make this the end of season one. I'm fairly certain I'm going to return with season two in the winter. Uh, it's just this new job is taking up a lot of time and being a parent is taking up time. And like I talked about with John on the podcast, I also just want to, uh, chill out. Uh, but of course then, what a great episode and it makes me want to do more episodes because I love doing the show, but, uh, I'm, I might be back in a few weeks. Who knows? Who knows? My brain's going to work, but for now, I'm going to say this is so long. See you later. Uh, hopefully I'll be back soon. Stay tuned. Please, please continue to subscribe. Go back and listen to old episodes. If this is the first time you're listening to the show, go back and listen to old episodes. There's plenty of great episodes with phenomenal guests that I've been so fortunate to just book so many open, wonderful, funny, delightful, genuine human beings. Uh, and I'm so grateful for that. So yeah, uh, stay tuned for announcements about season two and, and all the things that I'm up to. Um, and please, you know, follow me or, or continue to follow me so you can see uh, what I'm up to because you will be able to hear my voice and or see my face elsewhere. And until then, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Um, and just because uh, the show is on pause doesn't mean you shouldn't still rate, review, and subscribe because just because, um, because it's a great thing to do. Um, gosh, this happens a lot at the end of the show where I want to say, I love you. I, I always, I always feel like I want to end this. Like, I love you. Like I'm getting off the phone with somebody. So yeah, I love you. Okay. Bye.